on this week's episode, our thoughts on Loki's return to the MCU. Ratchet and Clank are a rift apart. And was Netflix's Geek Week a success? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, popculturecosmos.com. Please go ahead and support us today on any one of the number of radio stations, 50 strong now, all over the world. It is truly appreciated. Go ahead and check out the number of tabletop RPGs that we play all week long right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. In fact, right now, we are battling videos right now. Not only are we on the Facebook channel for us, but there's also the Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube channels for our good friends at the Tabletop RPG. They're playing a Star Wars RPG right now, and you can check that out if you're listening to this. You can check this out in the archives for Facebook and Twitch as well. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is a good man on the Twitter and Instagram. You got to go ahead and check him out at CastlePCC with a K on Twitter and Instagram. He is a busy man indeed. It is a good friend of mine. Hoping he'll be able to join me as we cover E3 2021 this year. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, it's been a busy news week and an even busier weekend is in store for us. I'm really looking forward to it. We've got some big news that I'm sure is going to be breaking Saturday with E3 and definitely Sunday. So make sure you're tuning in. We're going to have some daily recaps here. I think I'll be hopping on on Sunday to you know help out with the coverage of that show. And we'll keep you guys up to date on everything. I know Gerald and Josh have some great interviews that are going to be coming. You know, Other than that, we're going to try and keep you uh, apprised to uh, what's happening here at E3 this weekend. I do want to say, though, I did just see the She-Hulk series at Disney+. Plus. They casted Jamila Jam- Al-Jamil. I'm yes. really excited by that. I mean, I don't know if you watched The Good Place. I loved her character. I love what she did with the character. It's a great casting there. It does sound like it's a great casting. By the way, your radio sexy voice is not on, so you sounds like you've got a little bit of a microphone issue there. So while you fix it, I will tell you that she is going to be playing the antagonist role. She's going to play the villainous role, uh, the competitor of She-Hulk because She-Hulk is a cousin of Mark Ruffalo's Hulk character in the MCU, from what I believe. I think the story goes as far as the original She-Hulk. She gets a blood transfusion from Dr. Bruce Branner. So we'll see what happens if they're going to play off that storyline or what have you. But it is going to be very interesting when we're going ahead and see that on Disney+. Plus. But speaking of Disney+, Plus, we'll be talking about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe series, which is Loki and Episode 1, which dropped earlier this week. We'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about In the Heights. In the Heights is debuting this weekend at the box office. How well do we think it can do? It's getting a lot of great pub. As Josh and I talked about, will this be a movie that is buoyed by great ratings, great critical success? And will that take it over the top into a better place in mind when it comes to the box office and in the eyes of fans? We'll talk about that coming up in a minute as well. We're also going to be talking about Ratchet and Clank, Ripped Apart. That debuts as you're listening to us on Friday. So that just let you know that's out in the wild for the PS5. We'll talk about how well that's being received. Was Netflix's Geek Week a success? We'll talk about that on the back end of the show if that was a big hit 
or a big miss and what they can do to maybe do some things differently coming up later in the program. Plus also as well, Jeff Keeley is at it again. My arch rival, Jeff Keeley, the man who aspires to be me when he grows up. He had his summer of gaming on Twitch. How did I know? Not only the obsessive advertising, which actually should be given a lot of props on because when you advertise out there, it's really cool. I actually saw it also as well on a billboard. That's why I was driving this morning. So Twitch Gaming was out there for Jeff Keeley's Summer of Gaming on Twitch. We'll talk about just some of the things that were announced because there was a ton of small things that were announced. But we'll talk about some of the things that we like from there. Plus also as well, we will preview E3 with our thoughts quickly on what some of the software publishers will do out there. Some of the major announcements, including Battlefield 2042. Do we like the direction of Battlefield 2042? We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Going to be a ton of stuff dropping right and left, and we're not going to be able to cover it all in one hour. I know that's going to be something that is going to have to maybe possibly be even covered on Monday's show, but I'm not even sure we're going to get to them with that because we've got E3, we've got the box office returns, we've got so much to talk about, including a Biomutant review from Josh. Plus, I wanted to go ahead and make a little bit of a, a note. Chivalry 2 is out in the wild this week, but it's out on all the major platforms, including Xbox One and PlayStation 4, something the original Chivalry game was more like a PC game. But I'm going to give you a review of Chivalry 2 because I got a code for it, and I'm going to go ahead and play it this weekend. So I will have my review of Chivalry 2 on Monday's show as well. Just a ton of stuff coming down the line. Plus, we're going to report on the first two days of E3 and tell you how that went. Just a ton of stuff coming on the way on Monday's show. And for this show, just all over the place, we do want to go ahead and thank you so much for being part of the PC Multiverse. Want to go ahead and make sure and let you also know I'll be introducing this weekend a list on popculturecosmos.com of the great things that you should get your dad out there for Father's Day because Father's Day is coming up in the not-too-distant future and we'll have a great list of ideas for you to go ahead and get the dad in your life coming up here on the show as well. Have you told your daughters that you're making that list yet so that they know where to go shop for you? Oh, my daughters can't afford what I'm looking at on this list, but that's oh, okay, okay. okay. All right, all right. But I will say that if you're interested in Manscaped as a gift for dad out there, which is the best name in men's hygiene and grooming products, go ahead and drop the word fast break at manscaped.com. One word, fast break and you'll get 20% off, plus free shipping from our friends at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is better, just to let you know, Marcus, but it's coming off of one side of my ear, so I don't know why that is. Test for me. Hey, how's it going? Okay, that's better. Okay. Right. Yes, yes, yes. First, it just popped in my right ear lobe, and I was going, ah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like the old days when hi-fi was just invented. But Ooh. again, I know that that's how old I really am. But... First things first, my friend, when it comes to what's going on in trending pop culture, the Marvel Cinematic Universe strikes again because they're back on Disney Plus with the return of Loki. And this timeline for Loki takes him to the TVA. I don't want to give away too much in spoilers because there may be people who are just going to check it out this weekend. But I'm going to ask you right now, my friend, what are your initial thoughts on Loki episode one? All right, so we're going to do our best not to do any, have any spoilers here. So I'm going to be a little bit vague and just say that we are taking our time setting the stage for the season, I think. We've introduced some characters and some new storylines here, just like some new concepts here that you kind of have to grab a hold of. I think they did a really, really, really good job of setting the stage. I think we've got the chance to have a very fun, lighthearted show and in, in what Loki is going to be. So yeah, Gerald, I think I'm excited to finish out the season here. Episode one was great. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but in our household, we're already looking forward to next week. I'm going to say it was okay. And I'm going to say it didn't get off to a bad start. Didn't get off to a great start. It didn't overwhelm me. It didn't underwhelm me. It was just right there. The problem is, though, if you watched all the preview and advanced trailers, you pretty much got a large chunk of the first episode in detail. So Not a whole lot surprises you there about what's going on if you checked out the first episode. I liked it again, but I didn't love what I saw. It just sets everything up. And a lot, if you're already familiar like I am with the MCU, it's just a basic refresher course that I already know all about Loki because it does go back into detail about all the things he's done. 
and also for him what he was going to do in a certain timeline. But I will go ahead and say it's something that right now sets it up for hopefully further success, and I'm excited for it. I love the actual vibe of the Hitchhikers to the Galaxy theme and the Rick and Morty writer who is the showrunner for this series. It looks like it's going to be a good success for Marvel. I'm really interested to see where this takes it. Again, it wasn't the greatest start in the world because I saw quite a bit of it in previews, but it was solid. It was solid. I say of the three shows, the three Marvel television shows, it probably started off the weakest, but then again, the way it ended, it may end up being one of the best of the series, if not the best series of all of them, because of the fact that at the very end, it sets you up for what's going to take place the rest of the season. So in doing that, I think it, at that part of it, it did its job fairly good. Right. I just know there, there are a lot of people out there. In fact, people have approached me and asked me to get them up to speed because they felt very confused by it. So it can leave viewers a little bit confused. If you've not understood Loki's whole story arc in the movies, if you do know Loki already, it's not going to bring you right now, anything new. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think they did a, and I, I do want to just echo your sentiment there. I think they did a really good job of setting everything up for the rest of the season. At you the know, very and, end, it does a great job of doing just that. It's just getting you to that point was like for people that already know where Loki's been, it's not going to bring you anything new. It feels like a very twisted, mangled story at times. In the history but I of will MCU. tell you, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson work together like glue. They played off each other. Yeah, their on their on-screen karma was amazing. Yeah, you know, it, it's just it feels like when one's making a joke, the other one's right there to either back them up or give them that face that you know is causing a couple of reshoots of that scene. You know, that, that. And, and I know people are going to probably get in my case on this because I know there's a lot of Seinfeld fans out there. I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan personally, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus, her appearance as the Baroness in Captain America and the Winter Soldier to me was too quirky for me and just really didn't have a fit into the overall thing unless we see how it pans out. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see how it pans out in her continuing in the MCU. But Owen Wilson for me is the best debut of a new character, him and Agatha from WandaVision. I mean, what a debut for her. Uh, But I do want to say Owen Wilson, really, I was a little unsure. And I think I even said that when we were on the air previously on Loki, of how he would do and, and more of this kind of this superhero role kind of he is who he is. I in mean, the, in, Catherine in the Hahn and Owen Wilson are the best additions to the MCU this year. Yeah. I, hands down. I mean, you can't top what they've done with their characters. And I think, you know, we've only had one episode of Owen Wilson. So hopefully we get to see a whole season of him really. And developing. Tom Hiddleston's great. Tom Hiddleston, that Loki role. We, I talked about it on Monday with Josh it's a fit. And so I expected nothing less but brilliance from him, but Owen Wilson playing off of him like that, being like the therapist who's not trying to be a therapist, who's just trying to get Loki to realize himself and also be the agent that works with him. It's one of his top three performances I've ever seen. I'm not a big Owen Wilson fan, but I am now. You just don't like him saying wow and everything, right? Well, it just seems he plays the same character or the same style yeah, in virtually every film that he's ever done. The thing is, it fits this show, his character and the way he approaches it. You know, it goes back to the type of roles. Well, there are those actors who can be a chameleon and get into those roles, those actors and actresses. And then there are individuals such as Jack Nicholson, where the role has to be catered to Jack Nicholson, because Jack Nicholson is not going to change from role to role. He's going to be Jack Nicholson in every role that he does. Right. The same thing with Owen Wilson. He is Owen Wilson in virtually everything that he's ever done. His same type of shtick, his same type of character. The thing is, it really works here and i'm so glad i got a chance to see it i mean for that aspect of it and that's what makes it it's just everything surrounding it was kind of just there and if you've seen all the trailers there's not a whole lot that surprises you yeah the last five minutes for me was worth watching because that's what made the entire episode but all that stuff leading up to it was just eh it was there and the interplay is the only thing that really makes this episode worth watching up until that point 
I'm looking forward to seeing what our listeners have to say about it. Please let us know what you thought about the uh, first episode and what you're looking forward to for the rest of the season. But I mean, Gerald, I'm sold. And I think I'm always sold on Disney Plus shows, but I, I'm looking forward to hearing what our listeners have to say. Absolutely. So if you're interested in letting us know what your thoughts are initially on the Loki series and where you think it'll go from here, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0 which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK all one word at checkout at Manscaped and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We've got so much more to talk about on today's program. In the Heights, I wanted to get this in here. I know we're going to be talking video games and geek stuff and blah, 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 all the rest of the episode, but this awesome musical, which is getting truly high scores and it is one of the highest rated films if not the highest rated film of the year so far and that is into the heights with lin-manuel miranda being a major part of how this movie was structured and it is something that i think a lot of people need to check out i know a lot of us guys are out there gonna be like uh it's a musical i don't think i'm gonna like this but john chu you know out there what he's done, Crazy Rich Asians. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's a major director, and he's done, a, looks like, what's going to be a great job. I mean, a lot of the, the advanced reviews are incredible for this movie. I know that Steven Spielberg is going to be doing a West Side Story. That's coming out later this year. But I think the the ball is in his court because right now, John Shu has done a lot with this musical and gotten a lot of hype for it that wasn't there not too long ago you know just from what i've seen on the trailers the cinematography is very similar to uh what you saw at a crazy rich asians at times with yeah. just the color palettes and everything else that really made that visually stunning at times and so we're excited to watch it here at the household you know I, i'll admit i'm a pretty not a big musical fan but i'm a decent musical fan and Break i will... out into some song man i can't yeah look i i i think i'm got a little bit of tone deafness have all my... of our listeners run away yeah, please, no. We can't scare more of them off yet. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've got this baby face thing going on this week, you know. I feel uh, like we're just going to scare enough. people away. But yeah, no, I, look, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the original musical when he was 19, I think, if I remember correctly. It's so amazing to see it kind of come full circle here, hit, hit the big screen. And I'm looking forward to see what Anthony Ramos does with the role. I mean, all the early reviews say that he just crushes. And one of the big things for me is it's bringing that visibility to the Latin actors. As a Hispanic man, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, to watching this and kind of supporting the Latin American community and watching what Anthony Ramos was able to do with the role and see what all visually was so appealing about this that it has people just raving about it. So, and again, this goes back to what I was talking about with Josh. It's, Josh is not in love with the critical culture out there and, and what they dictate. And he loves it any time that the critics trash a movie and then it's still success in the box office like this yeah. past weekend with the conjuring he because he just he doesn't find the, the critics words out there as strong as it once was and i have a tendency to agree with him you don't have an cisco and ebert doing a thumbs down or a thumbs up which in many ways was whether a movie lived or died back in the 90s and the 80s uh, you know it just they they were had i don't say they had the power and the gift but pretty darn close to it because they were so watched and they were so beloved with their thumbs up and their thumbs down on movies. They had such power and weight behind it. And, you know, over the years, we've had several critics try to get notoriety and success. Now, these days, it is somewhat subdued in the age of social media. I think there's more power in word of mouth in social media 
other than just what the critics are. I think the critics are just a nice little sprinkle on top of the, the actual meal itself. Whether or not you like it or not like it, you're going to go ahead and watch it. I think I think there's a very small amount of individuals out there who are on fence on something that look at the critics and say, okay, I'm going to watch it or not watch it based off their performance. It's just they don't have yeah. the same weight as they once did. This could be a real test of where the critical power is because it's been so highly reviewed. And also, it's got another thing that attached to it because it's another HBO Max day and date movie. So it's the one thing. Are you going to watch it at home or are you going to support it out at the theaters? Well, I'll answer that last question first. I am actually going to be watching it at home, most likely. I do have a nice round sound system and I do like to keep it calibrated. So I have no qualms watching something like that at home. However, I do live five minutes, like literally five minutes down the road from a movie theater. So maybe I should take a little stroll down there now that I've had both my vaccines. I'm ready to go. But I do want to say that critics having a tremendous impact was a necessary thing for a very long time on some of these movies because the accessibility to these movies was so limited. You know, that was an experience, right? So you wanted to make sure you were spending your money correctly. And unfortunately, you had to rely on on newspaper reviews or critic reviews, whatever it was to get you through those moments of, do I really want to go spend five or seven bucks on this movie ticket plus everything else that comes with it? And so uh, with the accessibility we have now to blogs and and early trailers and, and extended cut previews and everything. It, I think it, it's just people don't have to rely on the critic anymore. And it kind of makes what we're doing here even a little bit kind of dangerous, right? You know, in the sense of why are people going to listen to us when they can just go watch a quick trailer or, you know, do something else. But there are still that, that group of people out there that want to hear somebody else's opinion at times to, to make sure they even still should invest that like hour, hour and a half, you know? I get a lot of requests. Hey, what'd you think of this movie? What did you think of Loki? I got a ton of people asking me, what did you think of Loki? And I told them, check me out on Friday's show because I can't drop everything like that. I know they're all listeners and watchers, so I, I have to tell them, wait, wait until the end. So to me, that's a good sign and a good feeling that people still value what I have to say and what we have to say as well on the, here on the show. So I am truly thankful for that and blessed that people still care about what we have to say. But again, it's not what it was once in the early 2000s, the late 90s, the early right, mid 90s yeah. and their 80s with the power of reading a newspaper and seeing whether or not they gave it a four stars or a five stars or whether, like I said, we at the height of Cisco and Ebert syndicated power because they were on hundreds of stations around the U.S., in fact, around the world, whether or not they're thumbs up or thumbs down. That was holding a lot of weight in Hollywood. I mean, it was. It, I'm, nobody it, can tell me differently. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it was any differently, but was it good to have those kind of gatekeepers to the community, right? Like, I'm not going to say it was good or not. I'm just going to okay. say it was there. I mean, oh no, I, yeah, I I don't dispute that. They they had such a stranglehold on the on the critical review community. I and, mean, they and, became celebrities like celebrity chefs. Yeah, you know, people absolutely. lament the days of chefs becoming celebrities and having their own shows, et cetera, et cetera, and achieving that fame. This was when critics had those type of successes because you had Siskel Niebuhr and you had other critics that were very much in the limelight and their words had a lot more power. Now these days, social media, that has a lot more power. And pretty much, I think that is the driving force on a lot of what a movie can be good or bad. So we'll, we'll again, we'll wait and see what goes on. But In the Heights is coming this weekend to HBO Max and theaters. Roger Hamilton's thank you for stopping by. He says he used to watch them so he could see the newest trailers. I think that's something that I like to do as well when I was watching Cisco and Ebert. I used to love the scenes per se. You know, they used to get special access to special scenes to some of the movies that were coming out. So I, I really appreciate that. And yes, they did hold weight as far as it's concerned with me on some occasions and some of the words and some of the things that they were saying about these films. So I did hold them in that regard. But Again, it comes to the point where I think social media outweighs everything at this point, but it is in the heights. It is going to be an outstanding film. Uh, I think that a lot of people need to check out director John Chu with help from Lin-Manuel Miranda. This is going to be a great showing, a great movie, and it's now going to be available as you hear this in theaters and also as well on HBO Max. What are your thoughts out there on In the Heights? Are you excited to see this film? Or check it out on HBO Max. Let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And I think the gauntlet has been set down on there for Steven Spielberg to say, you know what? You better make sure you put out a good movie later on this year with West Side Story. That's all I got. 
That's all Ooh. I got on that one. Yeah, I mean, I think the gauntlet's been thrown down, my friend. It's been thrown down. I mean, but do you have too much star power behind Lin Manuel and Anthony Ramos and and who is it, John Chu? Yeah. I mean, is there too much star power there? To but I mean, it is Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Steven, I mean, like, yeah, like, nobody has bigger star power as a director than him. I don't get, get that, but like they're they're the hotness right now. So I mean, are they uh, going yeah, to steal Steven the show? Spielberg? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg could throw out a gum commercial, and we'd all watch it because it's Steven Spielberg. All right, we'll leave it at that. But before we head out to the break, my friend, real quickly, it's out now. If you're on a PlayStation Five and you finally are starting to get some content, and that is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And for many who have followed the Ratchet and Clank series, you thought on the surface, okay, this might be just more of the same, but boy, just the graphics and detail, it's just amazing. It's getting high scores across the board and is being considered with its storyline, both touching, sad, and adventurous, probably being among the best, if not the best, of all the Ratchet and Clanks. So I want to hear your thoughts. This is getting a great score across the board. It is considered right now one of the top games of this year. Your thoughts on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart? As everybody knows, I don't have a PS5 yet, but I did watch a lot of the gameplay trailers today. Man, it, visually stunning. I mean, you talk about a series that you know has always kind of captivated people when that new game rolls out. But I mean, this is really, really, really beautiful. Very deep, saturated colors, you know, and, and all throughout the gameplay trailer. And the mechanics look very familiar, but, you know, refreshed at the same time. I think the storyline is going to be great. From what you can tell from the trailer, it, it feels like we're going to be on that hunt again, looking for the pieces to save the universe. So looking forward to playing this. I'm hoping that Josh will actually get it for us and maybe give us a, a quick little review. Yeah, because he's as, got the PS5. He's got the PS5 he's and the Xbox. all his bandwidth before his dogs ate his internet. But, you know, he will be back this weekend and we're looking forward he to it. He better be because we're going to be covering E3 together. You guys are, plus me on Sunday. So looking forward to that, you guys. But this is a game I enjoyed playing when I was younger. When I got my PS4, I, they had the Ratchet and Clank remakes that I purchased. And, you know, just really looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to it as well. I sincerely hope everyone gets a chance to go ahead. If they have a PlayStation 5, it is not yet a PlayStation 4. And just letting everybody know, because I know some of the games, like we've talked about last week, including the latest coming on the horizon for PlayStation 5, are now PlayStation 4 games as well. This is still a PlayStation 5 exclusive. I'm hoping that if you do have a PlayStation 5, you can share us your thoughts on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. If you think that's going to be a good game, it's going to be something you're interested in, it is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. We're looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it. It looks amazing. I know Josh I know Josh at some point is going to get it. I know he's going to play it. I know he's going to enjoy it. But I want to hear your thoughts. If you've already gone ahead, if you have a PlayStation 5 and have had a chance to delve into the galaxy of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is our E3 Preview Part 2. Plus, Jeff Keighley's at it again with his Summer of Gaming. And was it better than Netflix's Geek Week? This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Castle PCC with a K on the Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Marcus de la Garza, my friend, we are on the verge of E3 Madness. In fact, it's already begun in some versions of Manor. If you want to consider Jeff Keighley's Twitch thing for Twitch gaming, I think that you probably should consider it. 
yeah. E3 already underway for the most part because they've made already a lot of gaming announcements. Some of them like mid-tier, some like smaller tiers. So nothing really like triple A announcements, but pretty good for the most part. So we'll, we'll go ahead and touch on that here in a little bit. And we'll actually compare it to Netflix's Geek Week and uh, see which one you like better. But I want to go ahead and talk to you about some of the software makers. On Monday, we covered what we think Nintendo, Microsoft, and if Sony decides to shout out anything during the course of the next few days, that's up to them because I know they're not supposed to be at E3 officially, but you never know. They just can't help but saying some stuff every now and then. So we talked about what they may talk about during the course of those days, but I want to hear your thoughts, man. Let's start off with EA, which just got hacked. Their source code, some of their stuff from FIFA, got stolen from them from 2021 and FIFA 2022. So they're they're not in a happy place right now. So <laughs> I know not all as well as at EA, but they are coming off the success last month of Mass Effect yep. Legendary Edition. And 14 hours in, I can gladly tell you right now, I have finally left the Citadel to go out and venture into the galaxy. Yeah, I hung out so much in the Citadel. If you haven't played it yet, Marcus, you are missing out. It's been a great adventure so far for me. Enjoyed it so much. But EA, let's hear your thoughts on it because they came out with Battlefield 2042 in advance as far as the look on it, as far as a cinematic trailer because the gameplay trailer is coming up here this weekend at E3. So I want to hear your thoughts. Battlefield 2042, is that something you're really interested in checking out? Is it something you're like hearing about or is it something that you're interested in? because I don't know if it's doing the destructible buildings which they're so famous for. They had a lot of buildings in the trailer but none of them really crashed to the ground so I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to do that and I would be bummed if they didn't. But it is now an exclusive multiplayer game only. It's going to be a, I think, 64-player game. Uh, I think maybe even 128 on the higher systems. I know that's something. Yes, 128 on PC and also as well the Xbox Series and PlayStation 5 and 64 on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. That's going to be a multiplayer game only. No battle royales, no campaign. Was this a good move or not a good move for everyone at Battlefield? I think this is a good move for them. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about Call of Duty kind of getting into that Fortnite kind of style of, you know, we'll just make seasons instead or, you know, battle passes, whatever you want to call it, and just kind of keep refreshing the content and start with a solid base. I think this is a big move for Battlefield. I think a lot of people get on to play Battlefield simply for the multiplayer. There's something really special about blowing up a building and then taking out half a squad with it, all 16, 32 players, whatever it is. And so to me, I think this was a good move by Battlefield, by EA, to go ahead and just move this straight to massive multiplayer online stuff. 64 on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Hey, PS5, I think I need to really push because I want to play with 128 other people. Or 127, technically, right? You yeah, know, it, you can't count yourself. It's 127 yeah. other people. I mean, that's something I always dreamed about, is when I play these games, the bigger the better a battlefield. Right, yeah. Pardon yeah. the pun, but whether it's Halo, whether it's Call of Duty, but I wanted to go into these games, even when it was something like, let's, for instance, NASCAR. I've told you before that if a NASCAR game comes out, I want to play against 42 other cars. When right. it comes to the Battlefield games or the Call of Duty games, I would love to play against 127 more people. That just, to me, is insane. Especially in Battlefield, where you can hop on a jet, where you can hop into a tank, where oh. you can just go ground game if you want to, where you can get on a boat, all on the same map. Because they've had those maps where you could do all of those things. I know there's the people when I was playing Battlefield 4, Battlefield 3 before, that they would just <laughs> you start the game, run right to the jet, and they would just spend the entire time you know, on harassing the jet. Harassing people. Yeah, <laughs> harassing people. Or, and then when they got hit a little bit, they would try and dive bomb and crash. Yeah, I remember I was running one time, and there was a guy that just like crashed a jet right in front of my face, tried to hit me, and it's like, oh, that thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. But anyways, it, it was... I mean, to me, it's just, does Battlefield still retain its aura? I I think it's going to be something that we'll have to wait and see. I'm kind of disappointed that they're not doing campaign. Could really care less if they're not doing a Battle Royale because, you know what, they're not. that's not their specialty, so that's fine. They're not doing the zombies yet. I'm sure they might. 
at some point in time, but they're not doing it zombies because everybody else does zombies. So that's okay thing. They're sticking to what they think they're doing best. I, they, they've done nice campaigns in the past, so I'm kind of disappointed there, but I can't fault them. If you're able to go ahead and scale out 128 players on a battlefield, pardon the pun again, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I don't expect to see anything new when it comes to the Mass Effect because that's a new Mass Effect that they're working on. They've already announced it. They already had that little trailer. I don't think they're going to do much more for that right now. That's probably years away, three or four years away for a new Mass Effect. Gary says he's not a fan of some of the changes made in Mass Effect, but he'll do all three Mass Effects once a year. Hey, Gary, you're a big fan of Mass Effect, even with the changes you didn't like. I appreciate it, and I'm glad to see that you're a big Mass Effect. I mean, you can see right behind me how much of a Mass Effect individual I am. But be that as it may, I know there's a Mass Effect on the way, but it's years away, my friend, so I don't expect any news there. Let's wrap up EA with maybe some Dragon Age. I think maybe they might show some Dragon Age, but what else do you think they might have in mind? We didn't talk about one of the coolest things from that Battlefield trailer, though, was when the player hops out of the jet, shoots the bazooka, and hops right back in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that was just a total nod at the uh, Battlefield gamer hacker community. Love it. But, yeah, I mean, Dragon Age, potentially. I honestly don't know what else to expect, though, Gerald. I mean, with the well, you're going to get hack- the Maddens, you're going to get the Fifas, even right, but despite I mean, like, the hack. But yeah, I was going to say with the big hack, what did that do to the announcements that could have been made this weekend? Are we well, going to have to delay certain code? So that's not exactly the greatest thing for EA. So it's not. I mean, I, you have to imagine that they to the are Frostbite gonna- engine. Their beloved Frostbite engine. Ooh, so. yeah. that's a big, big, big deal, man. Yeah. I. I they're going to end up having to pay a, a ransom, aren't they? And it's um, going to might be, might be. Better get the FBI on that. Well, and the, the unfortunate part is, it's going to bring a bad stink to the crypto community if it is another ransom paid in Bitcoin. So, um, I think that I would love to see whatever it is, the next Madden, the next NHL. To me, I, I used to be the big sports franchise, sports you know rat when it came to PS4, PS3, first person shooters. All me. I look for those certain things the next NHL game, the next Madden game. We're getting NCAA back eventually. I don't yes. know if that's coming this year. I think that's next year, technically. Well, they might showcase it this year. Remember, they might showcase it this year for what's coming up next year. There's that's not going to be, and everybody, I just want to give everybody, because of what's gone on with the pandemic and all these studios have had to slow down in their operations, I don't expect a ton of stuff, whether it's Activision, EA, you name it out there as far as from a hardware or a software publisher standpoint to go ahead and put out many things out for 2021. I expect a ton of stuff coming out for 2022. I think 2022 is going to be a loaded year, chock full of video games. In fact, we just saw during the summer gaming, we'll mention some stuff that's coming up here in a minute. I mean, we saw stuff being announced as in early January, it's going to be uh, available in 2022. That's how 2022 is starting to get stacked up already. But getting back to what we're talking about here, is there any software maker? I know we're going to see more Call of Duty. We're going to see, obviously, a Call of Duty. We just saw highlights of Call of Duty Warzone at Jeff Keighley's thing. Mm-hmm. So that's not a big surprise for Season 4. That's been a huge success for them. But the regular Call of Duty, that's going to be announced at Activision. I'm looking forward to that. Is there any other software makers out there, big name? I know we saw a little bit from 2K with Tiny Tina and Wonderlands today, which we'll talk about a little bit more coming up. But is there anything from any major outlet out there that you're looking for as far as software publishers are concerned that you think you might want to see or that you think you will see? I think I'm going to try and make some time for Ubisoft whenever their event is. I, can't, I haven't put it on my schedule yet, but you know, it sounds like they're going to have some Rainbow Six updates. I would love to see whatever goes on with that. And then Far Cry 6, it looks like we're going to have some more updates for that at E3 this year. I think both of those titles for me are going to be some showstoppers as far as I will put down whatever is going on to go check out what's happening over on at the Ubisoft booth. And I'll know. tell you what out there, I'm going to post the exact broadcast schedule for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for E3. We'll post it there and, and have it for you on our social media pages. I'm going to put it on our Instagram. I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm also going to put it on our Facebook pages. Got to also check out for the latest news and information that comes from E3. I will be posting a lot of it. In fact, the majority of it will be on GameSource Facebook. Game Source Facebook, and I will cross-cut it 
also as well on Pop Culture Cosmos. So if you get it on Game Source on Facebook, or you also will see a quite a bit of it on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So just to let you know, you will get the latest news and updates at E3 from those outlets. So just let you know on that. But I think one of the things that I want to see at E3 is My Left for Dead 2, My Left for Dead Blood. It's just been so great to see. I know we got a glimpse today of another offspring of the Left 4 Dead series from Left 4 Dead makers. They created their own studio, and they've got a futuristic Left 4 Dead-style shooter coming up. And I'll mention that here in a little bit. But Back for Blood is the one I think I want to see. That's coming up in the not-too-distant future here this year. That's a release. I want to see what the final look and feel of that game is going to be all about them excited to see because that also has a lot of the turtle rock hierarchy from the old days at left for dead and left for dead too so i'm interested to seeing that one but again 2k you know they're going to bring out their stuff you know obviously with the nba i think they're going to bring out a wwe that's going to come out this fall because they missed a year and they really needed time to reset they did have a game but it wasn't a full wwe 2k game that came out last year they are resetting basically and they needed to because WWE 2K games in the past five years have been trash and they really need to go ahead and reevaluate themselves. I think if I was the WWE, I would say you either do it right this time or we're going to cut losses and go somewhere else. It's it's hard to do that with a publisher like 2K though, isn't it? I mean, I mean you just put out they, they, those WWE games, especially the last two, 2K20, I think, and 2K19 were horrible. Absolutely horrible. I hear you, but it, it's just hard to, to argue with a studio like and that. And they came out with a cartoony game last year, and that wasn't much better. No, no. That was All just right. like hemorrhaging a wound. I mean, they've got such a lousy name right now in the industry. So that's something that they need to really work on. Yeah. Because pro wrestling games, if the AEW game comes out, whenever it comes out, 2021 or 2022, I'm guessing 2022, if that comes out and that is better than the WWE 2K game, that's really going to say it all to me. That That's really going to absolutely say it all. But there's still, again, we, we want to know your thoughts on what are the games that are going to be announced this year that will come out this year? I think most of the stuff that's going to be 2022 and beyond. I think really think. I think they're going to give you a lot of people sneak peeks and we're going to be all excited because they want to get you sucked in on this next generation of consoles that you can't get. That's the hard part. You can get it. They're also going to announce quite a few games that are going to be still available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One because as we talked about on Monday, economically, you just can't ignore the 150 plus million of consoles that you have that's out there already from the previous console generation. And since you know not everybody has the availability to get the newest console generation in their hands, like us, mm-hmm. yeah, so we might as well just go ahead and, and make stuff for the previous generation, and, and there you go from there. But I'm going to be seeing a ton of stuff here over the next few days. I know Marcus will as well. Yep. I really want to go ahead and stress to everybody, again, Game Source on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, We will be coming at you with daily reports each and every day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday on the announcements at E3. So please join us for those. We'll go ahead and just have them on the air. They'll be right there for you, whether or not you catch them later on or whether you catch them live. Just hopefully you'll get a chance to check us out at the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source on Facebook. Plus, also the latest news and information on E3 as well. What are your thoughts on what we'll be debuting? At E3, share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. My friend, it's been a great episode so far, but we got a little bit more to talk about. It's a competition per se, because you and I right now, as we speak, are being slammed left and right. The tail end of Netflix's Geek Week 
We're right smack dab in the middle of Jeff Keeley's his ego trip once again because he's got to put his name on everything. Involved with Twitch gaming on his summer gaming. We've got IGN summer of gaming thing. They've been doing for a while now and they're going to continue to do. And obviously they're going to do a lot with E3. And then you have E3 itself. You've got all these different competing things all mixed in with each other, confusing everybody and all these announcements because it's that time of the year, my friend. And I love it personally. I love it when all these things are announced. It makes E3 special. And people tell me that E3 is not as important anymore, yada, yada, yada. And they told me all this for weeks. But then again, what shows up? All these announcements in and around E3. So it tells me that E3 still has a heavy weight in this industry. I would say that E3 maybe isn't the event that it once was, but everybody still plans their event around the E3 schedule. You're trying yeah. to announce your thing, you know, that same week or the day or two before or afterwards. So yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I, I think that just because the big names aren't there at the actual event anymore, doesn't mean that we're not still celebrating E3 week. Absolutely. So I'm definitely looking forward to what's coming up this weekend, early next week. We'll see if we can get some interviews. Plus, we're going to be talking about it again on our recap shows each and every night. But before we head on out, my friend, again, we had Jeff Keeley's Ego Trip, known as the Summer of Gaming on Twitch Gaming. The I'm sorry, the Ego, no, I was going to say the Jeff Keeley Ego Fest, but it's actually the Jeff Keeley's Kickoff Live Summer Game Fest 2021. Yep. It's basically Twitch Gaming is dealing with this. Twitch is providing the bucks to get everybody ties and whatnot. So Twitch Gaming is thing. Plus, also as well, Netflix is Geek Week. Seeing what was announced at Jeff Keighley's thing and the summer gaming thing from Twitch Gaming. And you also have Netflix's Geek Week, which announced projects over the course of the past few days. Which of these stood out more to you? I have a definite opinion, and it's something I probably don't really like uttering because I'm not a big fan Ooh, of him. Yeah. But... I'll leave it with you first, my friend. Which of these entities, which of these great celebrations seemingly got to people's earlobes a lot more, got to people's eyeballs a lot more, got interest more? No, I was just going to say, hands down, it's going to be Jeff Keighley. I've heard more about the event. Yes, I know. And I hate to say it too, because I think I share a similar disinterest in him. But I will say that you know, I've heard from a lot of people over the last four hours of, hey, did you see what happened at Jeff Keighley's event today? And Elden Ring? Yeah, Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Yep. Yeah. That's another January game for 2022. Yeah, I, I mean, but like Elden Ring was, I feel like everybody's talking about it since the... Everybody's uh, talking the about his hair. The hair physics on that game. Yeah. yeah. It was flowing. It couldn't, even when he was standing still, it's still flowing. And it's yeah. just like, okay... They went crazy on the hair physics, on it, but it looks beautiful. And it's coming out, I think, early January 2022. Yeah. yeah. And it's got George R.R. Martin as a uh, creative uh, yeah, story just writer. Drop that name. Name drop. It, it, yeah. I, well, I mean, as soon as you name drop him, everyone's going to say, oh my God, it's going to be a great fantasy, you know, sci fi, you know, whatever you want to build Game of Thrones as. What is that actually, technically? What's what? Game of Thrones. Would you call that a medieval fantasy? It doesn't matter. Besides, the I point. call it a lot of money. Is what I call it. <laughs> you call it a Brinks truck For and a half. HBO, yes. Yeah. Back up the Brinks truck. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, you I think, chariot. Uh, you could do it in this case as a chariot. Back okay. up the Brinks chariot. <laughs> but <laughs> so Brinks is on his way. He's going to back up the gold for you. <laughs> sorry, I don't know why that one really got me, but it did. I'm but sorry, yeah, I was I, talking my chivalry two voice. I, I can't. I got to wait on that until Monday's show when I drop my review. I'm excited to hear that one too. But yeah, I think Jeff Keighley's a hands down one because Netflix, as much as we are the bastions of pop culture at times, I will wholly admit I did not know that Netflix was doing their Geek Week. A lot of people did not know that Netflix's <laughs> Geek Week exists. It's a great concept for Netflix. It's a great idea. First of all, it came out at the exact wrong time. It did. Because there's so many weeks, there's not much news in the, in the world of pop culture and they could have dropped this two weeks ago or two weeks later from now. And it would have fit in its own niche and would have gotten a lot of people excited. Second of all, the content of what you're showing wasn't necessarily geared towards geeks no. and pop culture stuff. Some of it was just run-of-the-mill movies or television shows that are geared towards a different audience. So it may not interest all the individuals that you're trying to interest it with. 
And third, it wasn't really that many big announcements. I wasn't really impressed with too many things. I mean, they showed the new He-Man animated trailer. They've yeah, animated. Least... Yeah, I mean, that seems to be getting a lot of people. No, Ian Fine was going crazy over it earlier today. He's just getting all excited of it. And he nice. got excited over the Batman picks just like on Monday. So he's getting excited over the He-Man thing today. And I know a lot of people were talking about some things that were they were hinting at for Stranger Things and the witcher they threw a little bit out you they, they gave you like sprinkled stuff of that umbrella academy season three I mean... yeah just a little bit of that but it's just nothing was really just like oh yeah. man check that out i mean like a mass effect series i would have loved for them to finally announce that on netflix or another streaming platform or the, you know we're getting back to mass effect i know my fixation is there on it but I saw Henry Cavill reading that synopsis of Mass Effect a few months ago on social media. I was hoping that it would finally come to fruition. Or could there have been another major announcements that were coming up? I think that Netflix missed the boat on this one. I think it's something that they shouldn't ditch. They didn't get the kind of chatter out there in social media. They didn't get the kind of chatter from the individuals out there that followed them. It is the largest streaming entity out there in the world. And I think they should have done a better job of promoting it. Maybe some live streaming, more of that, of the Netflix Escape Week that they made more visible out there. I mean, it was live stream, but it just isn't like Comic-Con, which when you know it's Comic-Con, when it's time for Comic-Con, even in its belated state this year, you know when Comic-Con is going to hit. They do a great job of telling you and showing you. This seemed to get, okay, got us a little bit started on it. Then it got snowed under by Jeff Keighley at E3. And that's not a great thing for Netflix. I mean, rarely do they get the ball handed to them. And I'm just sorry to see that happen. But with Jeff Keighley and his Summer Game Fest on Twitch Gaming, they really took command because people are talking about, like you said, Elden Ring and this announcement that's going to come in January and the actual gameplay trailer. It looks great. It could possibly be the best Souls game ever. Then yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands from 2K, that's arriving in early 22. And that looks pretty cool. And they talked about a Metal Slug game that's going to be more like a strategy type game. That's going to be very interesting. Death Stranding from Kojima, that has a director's cut that. coming exclusively for PS5. I mean, they announced Jurassic World Evolution 2, which I know our friend, the award-winning director, Rob McCallum, He's going to be excited about because he's a huge Jurassic World fan. If you're interested in sim building game right there for you, the first one was. So this one should do the same. I mean, they talked about Among Us having a new option, Call of Duty Warzone having Season 4. They talked about a lot of great things there. And it just didn't seem to be that they got – in fact, Stranger Things and Smite, they're going to collaborate on something. They announced that at Jeff Keighley's thing. They should announce that on the Netflix Geek Week. I mean – that's something, that, again, the Anacrusis, which is going to be from some of the makers of Left 4 Dead, like I mentioned earlier, that's a futuristic shooter. Instead of doing zombies, it's going to be aliens, so that's going to be something we're going to take a look at. Vampire the Masquerade. I mean, there's a ton of things that they showcased today which really got people talking. And I don't think a whole bunch of what Netflix showed off and showcased this week at, at its Geek Week, which I think is still going to be going on, yeah, it just it didn't. It, it didn't seem to click with people unless they can throw out something after our showtime on Friday. If they go ahead and showcase something and save the best for last, maybe that's going to save them. And we'll talk about it on Monday if it really goes ahead and lights a fire on the internet. But as of now, I got to give hands down to, as you know, I hate to say this, but Ooh. I got to give a hands down to Jeff Keighley. I don't disagree, and I, uh, unfortunately, Gerald, I, it really is. It's hands down, man one. I'd hate to say it. Yeah, I hate to say it as well, but again, Jeff Healy, you did it again. You know, I've been a thorn in my side ever since Game Source, going on 10-plus years now. But i got to give you props when you do. You know, Jeff Keighley is the man in the video game world, and people love him or hate him. He still brings out all the great publishers and gets all these great exclusives and the the world premieres and the stuff that gets mentioned and that people are talking about in the video game scenes. So, I mean, we put some links up in the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. So if you check that out, there are links there on what was announced in more detail, all the trailers that you can go ahead and check out. So if you get a chance, it's Jeff Keighley 1 and Netflix nothing. What are your thoughts out there on Netflix's Geek Week? Do you think it should have taken place at a different time 
with better content suited for us geeks? Or did you really get a chance to check out Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest on Twitch and really think that those were some cool announcements that E3 will have a hard time topping this weekend? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a fantastic episode. We've had so much to talk about over the course of the past hour. It's been a ton of information. But before we head on out, wanted to drop some knowledge on this to you. Ooh. Do, 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 do. Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Animation announced that a Lord of the Rings anime is being brought to pro i don't know if it's being brought to hbo max or the big screen as of yet i'm assuming hbo max is going to be somehow involved but a lord of the rings anime is coming and it's being fast-tracked it's called the war of the rohirrim i feel i must give a primal scream and a primal cry while i'm talking about it the war of the rohirrim is going to be coming your thoughts on this my friend it's going to be said in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the movie trilogy universe. It's going to be a prequel like the series on Amazon, and it's not going to be set post-Sauron biting the dust. So what are your thoughts on Lord of the Rings, the War of the Rohirrim? I can't quite do it like Carl Urban can, but, you know, I tried. War of the Rohirrim! You know, like I... Pretty good. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I was working on it, you know, in my head there for about... We got to get on horses next time we do that. You know, we can make that a possibility. I know they aren't riding in the surf, but if you ever come visit me in Tampa, we can go ride horses in the surf together. Fair enough, fair enough. Here in the desert, there's only a couple places. (laughs) But go ahead. But yeah, dude, I think this is a really interesting take on how to expand this franchise and the intellectual property itself. You know, setting this into the actual movie series itself, if we can actually get a decent storyline that's set there, I think we've got a really good shot of having a successful series here, man. And, and I do think that this is a decent expansion of the IP. You know, I, I know I said that already, but it's just how do you keep this franchise alive without, you know, spoiling what's already been created? And I think that this is a great way to do it. It's just a new take on it. And it's going to engage those longtime Lord of the Rings fans, I think, in a new way that, they, that they're looking for, you know. Absolutely. I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to be excited for it, but that's in the not-too-distant future. An anime from Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Animation. The War of the Rohirrim! Lord of the Rings anime is coming sometime in the not-too-distant future. I'm assuming to HBO Max, but you never know. It might become to the big screen if they really like it, so we'll wait and see. But Warner Brothers is at it again with Lord of the Rings and the War of the Rohirrim! I don't, you don't have to say it every time in that high voice, but it's the war, the road here. <laughs> My friend, it's been a great episode. We've got a lot to talk about this weekend. We've got, again, E3 stuff that we've got to do, E3 updates starting this weekend. It's going to be a very busy next few days for us. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah, I do have one. We've been watching, or we actually just finished watching High on the Hog, and it's a great show on Netflix. Let me see if I can pull up the actual full title here. It's called High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. Really, really, really great in-depth look. Starts in Africa, and the the chef that's the host for the series, Stephen Satterfield, goes straight to Africa. Has a really, really, really interesting episode. Very emotional, but at the same time, very educational. And I feel like I really, really, really dug into just some of the cultural food and history that I just didn't know existed prior to watching this series. So great, great, great documentary. If you get a chance, it's worth the watch. And I'll give you props. House Broken on Fox. Not too bad. Not too bad. I watched episode two this week. We still laughed. I hardly touched my phone. So uh, I, I would count that as a win. But it does sound like Phoebe's talking to me and then wants dog food later on. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. It's it's kind of, yeah, it's weird thinking that, you know, Phoebe's talking to you and if you do look down, it's like, why isn't she sitting on the love seat? Drinking some coffee. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great 